friends, welcome back to the Making It in the Messy Middle podcast. My name is Kate, and I'm so grateful that you're here with us today. I just can't wait to see how we're going to grow together. Hey, everybody. So it's been a little while, and I say that every single time I start a new series, I say it's been a little while. Um, But since our last podcast series, we were talking about domestic violence. And I've been doing a lot of thinking and studying and praying about what I wanted to jump into next. And it's just been crazy and it's been busy. And I find that through the busyness that's life, there's just a lot of topics that could be really helpful to focus on. And so I struggle with narrowing it down. And my thing is, I don't really know uh, what directions to go in. And so when I want to pick a podcast topic, I look at things that I think will help me. Uh, that I know will help me, and that I hope will help you and everybody who listens. And this is no exception. Um, I want us to do a series on grace. I pick this topic because it's a very important topic, and it's also a very confusing topic. And I honestly wanted motivation to stop being scared of studying it and to just go into it. Grace is a topic that's always excited me, scared me, and just been so confusing in my life. So I wanted to work harder uh, myself at wrapping my head around it and hopefully to help other people do the same. Now, I know that I discuss a lot in my episodes about things I've talked about or learned in therapy, Um, but that's because that's one of the places that I do a lot of my big digging. Um, Because in that space... It's a safe space, and I can look at things alongside my therapist, someone who challenges me, someone who lifts me up, and she does both of those things emotionally, mentally, and most importantly, she does those things for me spiritually. And we had a session a while ago, um, and I just couldn't seem to get through the hump, um, get get past some bad decisions that I had made. I couldn't seem to, to kind of move through that. And so I sat there, and of course... I'm crying because cliche, but that's what I do in therapy. (laughs) Um, And I'm talking about how I just don't understand why I can't do the right thing, why I can't stop doing the wrong thing. Um, I imagine Paul in Romans 7 was talking to his therapist when he was saying, I want to do all the things and I'm trying to do all the things that I can't do. And I can't stop doing all the things that I don't want to do and I don't understand. I wonder if Paul did have a therapist. I I don't think so. But if he had, that's what he would have talked about. And in that moment, my therapist, she asked me to consider grace. And I told her, I just don't get it. I know that we don't earn God's grace because then it wouldn't be grace. And that would negate the power of grace. But I also know that not everybody gets into heaven. So how does grace work? I was literally raised by theologians, but in this moment, all my questioning and skepticism was leading me down the wrong path. It was leading me farther away from the truth from God. And me and my therapist realized that day that intellectually, I know a lot of things about God, about the Bible, about spirituality, but when it comes down to it, knowing that God loves the world clicked while knowing that he loves me did not. I've never doubted God's existence, and I don't doubt his capabilities, but I constantly doubt who God is and his level of care for me. I know that he can save me, 
but I don't know if he wants to. I know that he can pull me through this rough patch, but I don't know if he will. In that moment, my therapist asked me, who do you give grace to? And I started listing some names, and she replied, I bet you would list a hundred people before you listed yourself. I realized then that I couldn't allow myself to accept grace. Not that God wasn't caring, and not that God wasn't offering it to me. So how do you help a girl who knows so much about the Bible to just realize that God meant it all for her just as much as he meant it for anyone else? As my dad says, you let her struggle with it. So, I want to share my struggling with you. I want you to walk with me through my wrestling with grace and see what we find together. I can't say how many episodes this series is going to turn into because as we saw at the last one, a mini-series turned into a series. <laughs> um, and I may get to the end of this and decide I, I want to go a little bit further. I discover some more things and I want to keep going. But I just hope that you're going to hang out with me for a while. I think that we could do a lot of digging in this messy middle um, and into that thing that gets us through the messy middle. And, and that's grace. So, of course, I started this study the same way that I start every study. Google, <laughs> of course. I wanted to see what popped up when I searched for topics on grace. And, of course, a million blogs and sermon sites came up about ways to discuss grace, the intricacies of it, the theology side of it. But, surprisingly, one stood out to this little Church of Christ girl more than any of the rest, and that was the United Methodist website. They had a series of articles by Joe Iovino speaking on John Wesleyan's view of grace. Wesley's teachings say that there are three different types of grace. Prevenient, justifying, and sanctifying. Prevenient grace is the grace that comes before. It's the grace that lives in you uh, before you decide on God. It's the grace that tells you God exists. It's that little thing that propels you in that direction. It tells you something's missing. There's just something that's not right, something that's off. And it's the grace that tries to say, hey, you can fill that hole with Jesus. <laughs> this is the grace that guides us to choose between God and the world. It's the grace that helps us to decide and the grace that most importantly tells us we have a choice. Romans 1 and verse 20 says, For his invisible, invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. And then if you look at Acts 17, verses 26 through 29, From one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He did this so they might seek God, and perhaps they may reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, as even some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Being God's offspring, then, we shouldn't think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image fashioned by human art and imagination. From those verses, I, it just blew my mind, especially when I read the one from Acts, because it, it's telling us that God knew the place I needed to live. He knew the time 
I needed to live in, and he knew the people that I needed to live around in order to be able to reach out and find him. He knew exactly what point on the space-time continuum to put Caitlin Rose Richardson in so that I could reach out and touch him. Is that not the coolest thing in the whole entire world? I just think that's amazing. Romans 1.20 at the end, it says, As a result, people are without excuse. He puts himself in all of our paths and makes his way known. All we've got to do is seek to find it. So after you have prevenient grace telling you something's missing, here's God, here's an option, all you got to do is reach out and touch him, you encounter justifying grace, the grace of deciding, the grace that makes you choose, am I going to reach out and touch him? This is the grace where you choose to walk through the door and choose God for your life. This is the grace that makes us righteous in the sight of God. It justifies us. It cleanses us. But my struggle, this was my struggle. How do we receive that grace? How do we get the grace that justifies us, that cleanses us? There's a theologian at Africa University in Zimbabwe who says, all that is required from human beings is to avail themselves to receive everything from God by faith. Grace isn't something we earn. It's something we choose. John Wesley himself says, justifying faith implies not only a divine evidence or conviction that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, but a sure trust that Christ died for my sins, that he loved me. And gave himself for me. At what time soever a sinner thus believes, God justifieth that ungodly one. That goes right back up to what I was saying earlier. You can read the Bible all day long. You can know everything that it says. But you can spout those facts and still not understand that God meant it for you. God meant it for me. Just as much as he meant it for everyone else. It wasn't just words he put on a page. It was life that he breathed into those pages. So that we could read them because he meant them for us. When I realized grace wasn't something that I had to fight for and earn. It was something I had to choose. My mind, my mind has been blown through this whole entire study. But that, I just took this big sigh of relief. We got to reach out and grab God. And he's been, as, as Acts tells us in chapter 17, he is not that far from each one of us. He's right there. He's been waiting. All we got to do is choose. But how hard is it to trust? To just trust, okay, that's what God's asking me to do, to choose him. How hard is it to admit that nothing we can do will get us to heaven? Because honestly, that's a, a scary thought for me. To me, it would be so easy to have a checklist. It would be safer, in my opinion. It would make me feel more sure. I knew that I could check this off and boom, I'm getting into heaven if I do this and this. But I want you to think of how that's actually so much harder. <laughs> Because the Jews in the Old Testaments, they had that type of life. They had a life of checkboxes. They had so many rules, so many commands, so many guidelines. Studying through those makes my eyes cross. 
And we see time and time again, they still couldn't live up to it. They couldn't check those checkboxes. Even with all those checkboxes, faith and grace was the only thing getting them to the God who literally stayed with them all the time. We humans, we fail every day. We fail often and we fail big. In her book, Grace for the Good Girl, Letting Go of the Try-Hard Life, Emily P. Freeman says, When we believe that God expects us to try hard to become who Jesus wants us to be, we will live in that blurry, frustrating land of should be, rather than trust in the one who is. Trying hard won't get us to heaven. Only God can do that. And luckily, he's willing to. That sounds like an ad, doesn't it? It's like, only you, and luckily he's gonna. You know, all that he asks is that we trust him enough to fall into his arms. Which brings us to sanctifying grace, which is the grace that makes us holy. This is the grace that we participate in in order for us to become all that God has called us to be. When I heard participate in grace, I wondered what that meant. How do we participate in this glorious thing, this glorious concept, this glorious gift? Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but even now more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is working in you, enabling you both to desire and to work out his good purpose. From my interpretation of the things that I've studied, I think participating in grace means letting God's will flow through us and out of every part of our being. God's will is spelled out for us over and over in the Bible. That is his sovereign will that we all get to heaven and the will of his command that we love God and love people. And if one truly believes in God, that person cannot help but love him. And if you love him, you're gonna obey him. That's how we participate in grace. We obey his commands. As we talked about earlier, we trust him enough to fall into his arms. 1 John 2, 3-6 says, This is how we are sure that we have come to know him. By keeping his commands. The one who says I have come to know him yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love is God is perfected. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. Obeying him is not going to get you into heaven. It's not. Only grace can do that. And yet think about it. If you truly believe in the God of the heavens, the God that we read about, the great and powerful, the gracious and loving, the un- the just and the righteous, how can you not lay your life at his feet? How can you not be willing to trust his grace and fall into his arms? How can you not be willing to trust that his commands are going to lead us to a better life. We all fail. That's why he gives us the opportunity to choose grace when we choose him, so that we can live in peace, resting in the sureness of our salvation. But there is something to be said. For the trust of a babe, knowing that his commands are going to lead us to a better life. 
when we believe in God, when we choose his grace, and then we act in obedience as a response to that belief and in a response out of gratitude for that grace, we show that we are living a life for a God that we know will take us to heaven. I've been studying this podcast, writing this 20-minute podcast for about two months because I found so much stuff about grace that excites me and interests me, but I tried to fit it all into this podcast and had to realize I can do more podcasts. (laughs) So stick with me so we can keep trying this thing together. I, I can't wait to keep sharing with you what I find. And hopefully I can hear from you guys what you find in your own study, what you find interesting and what I've studied, what this study leads you to. My hope is to release a new episode each week. And next week I hope to dive a little bit deeper into what prevenient grace is. Some more Bible verses about, you know, what that means and how that lives its way out in our lives and in the lives of others. So stick with me. Uh, Much love, everybody.